Welcome to the Conscious Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Roseland. I'm a serial entrepreneur and social innovator. I like to gather people from all different walks to talk about what I call the conscious economy. I believe that we can create a more equitable system, one that honors the well-being of people, the well-being of the planet, the well-being of business, and includes art and creativity. Join us each week as we tackle a different intersection of this big but critical conversation. What's up, everybody? This is Cecile from Conscious Economics. You know that when I'm on the show, we're talking about money. But today I I am joined with a very special guest who you may have seen before, Sean Canavan, the head of RBC Investees. Welcome again, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, really great to be here. Really excited to talk about this today. Yeah, it's a new setting that we're in. So it's it's different than the last time we were in. Uh, But we're here to talk about things that are very important and buzzwords as usual, because everybody is wondering what the hell is a robo-advisor? So let's start there. What is a robo-advisor? The most buzzy of buzzwords. That's what it is. It's uh, such a non-descriptive version of what it is, but it's created an industry. So I think it's important that we use the terminology, but really deep dive into what that actually means. So you may have heard over the, the past few years, especially in Canada, there's been a growing emergence of robo-advisory. And what that really means is digital investments or access to investments online. And the really key thing there is you're still getting a best-in-class investment product or investment offering, uh, but you're doing it in a way that is aligned with how you want to interact with an organization. And so if we think about a company like RBC, which is where I am with RBC Investees, Traditionally, investments have been really centered around a relationship and there is a need to interact with an individual so that they can get to know your risk tolerance, they can get to know you and make really personalized recommendations in terms of your investments to best set you up for success. And that's an amazing thing. But there's capacity constraints when you operate that way. And there's also just a change in the way as society that we want to interact with organizations. And those two elements together have really put a focus on our ability to innovate to better serve a broader audience better serve that audience in a way that they want to be served and ensure that the best of our products can actually be accessible to as many individuals as possible. And so that's where this concept of robo or digital or online investing comes in. It's just basically a way of interacting with RBC. It's a way of actually coming to the bank online. So either through uh, our website, through your existing online banking, through our mobile app, and onboarding to an investment strategy in a digital fashion. So you fill out a a questionnaire that we've designed to really capture that same essence of what a relationship manager would have looked for in the past. Trying to understand your risk tolerance, trying to understand your risk capacity, trying to understand what really drives you so that a personalized offering can still be be built and positioned in in your account. And we're also trying to do that in a way that leverages new innovation in the finance space. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot of new products that have come to market in the past few years that are priced lower and more competitively because of the way that they're structured. And so we try to use those products in the portfolios that we build because it allows us to actually deliver 
this digital offering to a wider audience in a more affordable fashion. So that's really the essence of what differentiates robo from a more traditional investing fashion. Um, and I would say the really important piece there is that just because you onboard and interact with the organization digitally upfront, there are investment specialists behind the scenes. So the portfolio that you're invested in is still managed by the same individuals who would be managing an investment portfolio that was relationship driven. You still have that expertise. You still have that years of experience actually influencing the decisions that go into those portfolios. And so there's a really, really great value to that. And I, as an investment professional who works in the investees space, I have a duty of care to my clients to ensure that the work that we're doing continues to deliver that aligned, risk-managed, personalized offering that's really best for the client at the end of the day. I'm really glad you brought up the human piece because uh, investments is a very personal thing. Money in general is very personal, but also investments is uh, very uh, you know, unique to the individual's circumstances, their own goals, their own risk tolerance, all these things that you've already mentioned. So what do you say for people who are alarmed by the fact that this may be taking that human touch away uh, because this is very digital experience? Yeah, so it's hybrid. So I think that's an important element to be aware. You can choose to interact with the platform in a way that's convenient for you. So if for you, a conversation with a professional is still an important step in the way that you want to then interact with the organization, mm -hmm. we do have a team of individuals that you can access more during the business hour piece. So that piece is a little bit less flexible, but mm -hmm. they're available to have that personalized conversation with you to help you understand what the different account offerings are, for example, and what might be the best fit for you to answer any questions that might have come up while you were doing that online investment piece. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're even available once you become a client. So that's not just an upfront piece, but if you ever have questions, if you have concerns, if you want to learn more about your investments and become more engaged in the experience, we do support that from a, a more technological perspective, and we create communications and what we really focus on from a financial literacy perspective, but you can take it the next step and actually have a conversation with a professional as well. I love that you said, be more informed and engaged because these are really important components for building a healthy relationship with money. So aside from building the practical strategies that really support our financial health, it's also important to be engaged, whether it's the conversations we're having or the education that we're equipping ourselves with. These are all important elements. So that brings me to that question. What do you feel are some of the advantages and disadvantages of this approach of RoboAdvisor? Yeah, the advantages are are wide. So one of the key advantages is the accessibility. And I mentioned that word before. And what I mean by that is making investing available to a wider audience of individuals. Mm -hmm. So traditionally to get a discretionary managed portfolio, there would have been some pretty stringent minimum requirements from an assets perspective. Yeah. Assets that you're willing to invest with that relationship manager that you're working with. We have the complete opposite perspective. We want everyone to be able to have an investment portfolio. And that if that means that you open an account and you have $10 available to put into it, you can do that. And as with as little as $100, we will start investing your money for you. So we're, there's no limitations on who can start, when they can start, uh, or what, having minimums that you have to attain before you can invest. And that's really critical because when you're starting your investment journey, when you're starting with that, that smaller balance at the beginning of the day, 
that's when there's the most to be gained from investing. Mm. Once you've accumulated wealth, you're investing to try and create extra opportunities for yourself. But investing at its core is around actually trying to accumulate wealth. And so being able to start early is a really key differentiator. Mm -hmm. Another advantage is it's really flexible. I look at our account opening statistics every day and we have so many accounts that get opened every single day between 9 p.m. and 3 in the morning. Mm -hmm. People are engaging with investment management in a way that makes sense for them. So maybe you've put the kids to bed and now you want to spend a couple of hours reading about investments and then that prompts you to want to take action. That's available to you now. You don't have to wait to then schedule an appointment, go into a place at a time of day that's not convenient for you, have a conversation with someone that you might not be comfortable or prepared to have. It really creates flexibility in that space. And then, like I mentioned before, you're still getting access to that that expertise and that trusted advice portfolio solution that you would be able to access in other ways as well. So mm -hmm. it's continuing to build like sophisticated products and make sure that that's available to everyone. Now, I mentioned before that we use uh, technology and developments in product innovation. That means that our portfolios are really focused on ETFs. So if anyone doesn't know what an ETF is, that's a what we call an exchange traded fund. And it's a investment solution that's really oriented at delivering market performance. Uh, and so those are the only solutions that we make available in our portfolios. They are, are there are several ETFs in the portfolios and they follow a, a risk tolerance and risk capacity aligned asset allocation, which means that they're set up and weighted in a way that makes sense for the individual who's investing. But we don't offer other investment products. So you can't get an individual stock in your portfolio. You're not going to see an individual, individual bond or a mutual fund. And that's really what enables us to deliver in the way that we do um, those Additional products, however, are available through other solutions. Mm -hmm. So again, the beauty of working somewhere like RBC is you could have that core portfolio of ETFs that you're managing on your own time. It's low cost, it's flexible. Uh, and then if you wanted other solutions, we could connect you with the right individuals and ideally coordinate some of those opportunities for you as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, uh, since you've brought up the concept about what's in the portfolio, I think now there's an even higher demand and higher awareness on ESG solutions and impact investing, which I know that you're also incorporating in this solution of RBC Investees. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. There's been a really big trend over the last five to 10 years as a society about putting more emphasis on holding corporations accountable. And that has flowed into the investment space as well. When we're choosing where to allocate our money, we are typically putting that towards a company. We're either investing in a company, so we're becoming a part owner of that company, or we are lending money to a company. That's how traditional investment securities are structured. That's their, their point. So if we're going to make that decision on a standalone basis, am I going to lend money to or invest in a company? Do I want to be a part owner of a company that is focused on making our world a better place? Or do I want to be investing in a company that doesn't care about that at all? And there's two reasons. Obviously, from a personal perspective, I might have preferences and alignments that I want to focus on because it's important to me. My values are aligned with it. But also from an investing experience, if there's a company out there that doesn't care about the environment, doesn't care about its employees, doesn't care about society, 
it's probably not going to be that successful in the long run. So also from an actual investment decision-making perspective, it's an additional thing to be considering mm -hmm. when we're, we're deciding where to allocate our money to optimize our actual performance in mm -hmm. the security. So we have built investing portfolios that follow the, it's, it's called responsible investing. And responsible investing captures two elements. So we have one side of that, which is exclusionary. So it means that we have totally avoid certain sectors uh, or certain businesses that follow certain criteria. So for example, a, a company that is in the tobacco industry would not be included. A company that's in the firearms industry would not be included because these are companies that from a values perspective have consistently come up as things that people have an issue with. And then we also are looking at companies that are leaders in actually advocating for the environment, creating social change, and being really engaged with their employees and creating positive governance structures within their companies. And so those leaders get captured. And what our portfolios are able to do is leveraging the ETF product that we, we spoke about before, it looks at the entire market and it narrows it down to the best companies in those areas. Mm -hmm. And it excludes those other ones that we don't want from a screening perspective. And it allows clients to be really focused in terms of their investment strategy instead of just being broadly invested across all the companies that are available at any point in time. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because it's important for, uh, and I do feel that this is an increasingly important area for investors like millennials and the Gen Zs to ensure that their values are aligned with their investments and to ask these questions and to to, to pay the extra uh, attention on, on what's really in the portfolios that they're uh, investing in. So it's really important that you explained how these things work and why they're important, like you said, not only because it's fulfilling to make sure our values are aligned with our investments, but it's also economically better for us because these companies tend to perform better anyway. Hold that thought. We have a quick word from our partners before going back to the episode. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, RBC Investees. Backed by expert human advisors, RBC Investees is a smart, online, automated investment service that allows you to invest with low effort and low cost. Open your first RBC Investees account and pay no management fees for your first year. Plus, start investing with as little as $100. Simply visit rbcinvestees.com slash getinvesting and sign up using promo code AA407. And now back to the episode. So a lot of the people who start with robo-advisors uh, are potentially new investors. So what what would your advice be for new investors like that? In terms of starting, I would look at different products, get an understanding of what makes them different. Uh, there's things you can look at, like price is going to be important. All of the competitors in the robo-space are competitive in price. It is a core element of the business, but they're not all priced the same. Not everyone is going to have a, a $0 account opening opportunity like I mentioned we have. Some are going to have a minimum that might be closer to $500 or $1,000. So it's important to know that and how it fits with your needs. Uh, and then there's going to be added offerings. So when we speak about financial literacy, that's really core to our values. And so we every month are are sending out information and helping to educate clients and also help them make great decisions as we go. It's mm -hmm. not just a 
come on in and then we never engage with you again. It's really an opportunity to say, okay, have you thought about this? Here's another thing that you might be able to do to, to start to work towards that, that future yeah. goal that you have. Uh, and then on the technology side too, you want to think about what's going to help you be a better investor. So one of the things that we do uh, internally is we've actually created a way within our mobile app for it to alert you when you have additional cash in your checking account or savings account uh, and ask you and create a link for you to actually move that directly to your investment account so that you're able to kind of leverage that to form mm -hmm. really good that's habits really cool. and behaviors yeah. in the way that you're operating. And we want, we're doing that in a way that's just, it's not invasive. It's there as more of a nudge or an insight and, and you can do as, as you want. If you have other uses for those funds, that's great. But those little reminders help you stay on track and even get ahead of what you might've expected your investment mm -hmm. um, capabilities were when you started out. Yeah. This is such a, a, a juicy conversation and we can obviously talk about it for, for hours, but what I'd really like us to conclude on is given the pandemic and the global, unfortunate global events that are happening. And this is a constant in the, in the world, like every, every month there's something happening. So volatility is naturally part of any investment strategy. Uh, but it can be very scary, particularly for those who are starting off. So what would you say uh, to support people in dealing with their anxiety around market volatility? I think the first thing that you need to really be thinking about when you invest is that there is going to be volatility. There's always going to be something that creates a, an, a movement in the market. And it's really important to remember that Volatility means markets moving down, which most people associate with the word volatility, but it also means markets moving up and investments growing. That's how our investments grow is because volatility is, is inherent in the markets in which we participate. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important, first of all, to go in knowing that's going to be a thing. And when we onboard with a questionnaire, it's to recommend a, a position suitability for you that's going to limit the amount of volatility in your portfolio to what you have stated that you're comfortable with and can afford. Mm -hmm. So know that we're helping you on that side and we're engaged on that and we're really putting a lot of thought into trying to deliver on that experience that's going to be optimal for you. Uh, then there's also the fact that it's really not a great idea to be looking at your investments every day. Yeah, so. uh, that was my second question. <laughs> great, you brought that up. Yeah. Like what's that, the healthy frequency if it's not daily? So I would probably look at my investment portfolio once a month and I wouldn't put too much emphasis on where it is at any one point in time because it's, it's totally random, quite frankly. Like lots of things are gonna happen that are completely outside of our control. The key is to go in with a plan and to go in, again, knowing that this is going to happen and being prepared to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And knowing your time horizon up front is also really important. If you're going to need your money in three years because you have a big expenditure coming up, you're investing because you're working towards a short-term goal, likely we're going to recommend a more conservative portfolio for you that's less volatile because we don't want you to ever be in that situation where you can't do the thing that you wanted to do with your investments in the first place because of the time horizon. But sticking to those investments for the long term, if you look at your portfolio once a year, you're going to be really surprised to see how things change. And one of the really great habits that good investors have is that they contribute to their portfolios on a regular basis and where possible, they automate that experience. Mm -hmm. So 
every paycheck that you get, if you can skim whatever it is that you can afford and you need to decide yourself what that means, whether it's 2%, 5%, 20%, everyone's gonna have a different threshold that goes directly into your investment account instead of you having to think about adding something manually, mm -hmm. that is going to go a long way to two things. A, obviously helping grow your investment portfolio over time and B, taking advantage of that volatility. When there are those drawbacks in the market, that means that your money that you invest on that frequency is going to go into the market at a lower level than other money may have. And so you're actually taking advantage of the inherent volatility rather than being kind of put off or scared by it. And it really helps from a strategic perspective to think about it that yes, way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like I, I used to tell my clients, like you're buying something on sale and, and you would have, you always celebrate that if it's like a dress, but this is the same thing. You're buying this portfolio on sale. So when we understand that, when we combat emotion with logic, it really supports us in in making sure we're not jeopardizing our financial health because most people actually uh, are very tempted to take their money out of their portfolios, especially when volatility is high. And this is the worst thing you can do for your money. So it's really helpful to you, you understand all these concepts so that you're equipped with this tools when the time comes for decisions. So having said that, we're uh, gonna be wrapping up here with, with our guest, Sean, any last words you'd like to share with our listeners? I think two things, it's, it's never too early to start and that's what Robo is really at the heart of trying to create opportunity for. Don't wait for tomorrow. If you're thinking about investing, go onto one of the sites, understand the products, find a small dollar amount that you can put in, get comfortable with the offering before you commit long-term, but start. Starting mm -hmm. is really, really the key. Uh, and second, I'll just reiterate something we mentioned before. Robo doesn't mean that there's no human help. And so if you do wanna have that conversation, our website would have contact information. You can reach out to us and someone would be very willing to walk you through a more in-depth, personalized explanation of what's available and really help you get comfortable with the concept of moving mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. It's a really important thing for people to understand. So with that, this brings us to the end of this episode. I hope it was useful and educational. And just like Sean said, you can always reach out to us if you have personalized questions or things you want to share um, and anything that may be preventing you from investing because we want to make sure that you're on your path of economic empowerment and this is our goal so have a great day and thank you for joining us today thank you so much for having me thank take you. care everyone this podcast is brought to you by cpp investments at cpp investments they never lose sight of the long term they invest the canadian pension plan fund to help provide financial security for generations of canadians they diversify the CPP fund across geographies and asset classes to access the best investment opportunities and generate sustainable long-term returns. The fund is now more than $400 billion. To learn more about their investment performance for Canadians, visit cppinvestments.com.